Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, friends. This is going to be a really fun podcast today, and I just want to thank you for joining us for episode 45 of the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we're talking about getting naked with your spouse. Yay, (laughs) Shari! That's right. So if you just heard the title and you have kids in your car, (laughs) this is your cue to pause the podcast. Don't just turn it off. Pause it for later when maybe they're not around because we're going to be talking about the importance of keeping your love alive within your marriage. And I'm talking about your love life, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) So while this podcast will not be appropriate for young listeners, we will be having a very safe but honest conversation about the struggles that come along with taking, uh, talking about the importance of satisfying yourself and your spouse sexually. In this studio with me, I have my husband, Clayton. Hey, hey Shari, I'm excited about this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought it would be a little awkward to talk about sex without you. So yeah, there you go. I'm glad you're here. And then we have um, our two very good friends, Josh and Shay Gardner. Hello, hey. listeners. Yay. You know, Josh uh, works for our ministry here at CKM, and Shay is a realtor, among all kinds of other things. They also raise kids. Uh, Shay, mm-hmm. start off and tell us a little bit about yourself, and then Josh, tell us a, a, a brief bit about you. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we have three kids, Clara, Gabe, and Cohen, and they're six, three, and one. They're very lively and keep us busy, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, about a year ago, I started a cleaning service to help single moms in the community. And then recently, I'm doing a real estate adventure, which has been awesome, and I love it. So Yay. I have a lot going on. You're a busy woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very, very busy. Yes. Good things. Josh, what about you? I'm married to Wonder Woman right there. And, um <laughs> Man, I'm a husband, a father, a pastor, a speaker for the ministry. And um, man, I'm having so much fun right now. So it's been good. It's, life is good right now. You've been with us how many years now? Going on three? This is yeah, about to be three. almost three exactly. Yep. Yeah. And you just said before the podcast started, we sat down and you said, if someone would have told me yeah. four years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, four years ago, I, they were like, you're going to be talking on the Overcoming Monday podcast with Shari and Clayton about sex with your wife. I would have just been like, what? I'm in <laughs> South Florida right now. Are you the pastor? Are you serious? <laughs> you know, what's so, yeah. fu- Josh, what's funny is I still have you in my phone as youth pastor. Pastor FBC yeah, student. That's right. so I've never changed that's it. Right. I, yeah, I've never changed it. So that's when we first met. You mm-hmm. brought your kids yeah. to summer camp, Crossroads Summer Camp as a youth pastor at that's your right. dad's church, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Well, yes. so glad to have you guys on today. This is going to be good. Yeah. So I hope that you guys who do did have kids in the car, do have kids in the car, have put your podcast on pause because there's no easy way to start talking about sex in a podcast except to just do it. Talk about it. A few years ago, Clayton and I actually wrote a book called The True Love Project, um, where we talk about God's desire for us to enjoy sex within the context of marriage. And it was specifically written to students, but there's so much in that book, I think, that could 
very much applies to even Mm -hmm. married couples because it explains the, you know, God's best plan. Right. Um, And and so, but I think sometimes for Christians, especially before marriage, um, talking about God's desire for sex um, in churches can be kind of confusing. And some of the things that we believed when we're young may have actually been a little bit detrimental to our sexual relationships with our spouse. And let me explain what I mean. Um, the view on sex sometimes can become polarizing to mm-hmm. where many Christians go to whether um, to believe that sex is either gross and wrong because the message of abstinence is projected from a place of fear manipulation, like don't have sex, it's bad. Like all of that mm-hmm. can become so big that we that when we actually do get married and we're allowed to, it can be confusing. Or some Christians have just decided, look, I don't really want to obey God's plan. My sex drive is going crazy, so I'm just going to do what I want, and I'm not going to submit myself to the Lord. And then they might come into marriage with some regrets. Hmm. Um, and then there, there's a lot of other variety of, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously totally. you don't, don't just have two beliefs as far as God and sex, but those are two big things that we've noticed. But what I do believe, actually, is that God says that sex is good, and it's not taboo. He actually made it for us to enjoy with one another, um, to Amen. bond with one another. Yeah. And um, and so now we need to learn how to integrate that into our marriages. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, those extremes of sex is gross or sex is God always takes uh, the individual and then ultimately the, the married couple to a bad place. Mm-hmm. So uh, as you right. mentioned, Shari, you know, we wrote True Love Project, but before we wrote that, we mm-hmm. wrote a book called 12 Questions to Ask, and it was a book. This is kind of where this podcast idea came yeah. from in your heart, Shari. Mm-hmm. Um, in that book, the last chapter was called, Are You Ready to Get Naked? Mm-hmm. And this <laughs> so book, good. 12 Questions to Ask, <laughs> yes. we published it with Harvest House. The book is you know seven or eight years old now. Um, but the book is sold really well, and I think it's sold really well because in the book, we just decided we're going to take a, a real biblical view on the 12 most important issues that married couples face, and hopefully mm-hmm. people will read about those and think about those before they get married, and then we saved sex for the last chapter, and that chapter, Are You Ready to Get Naked, uh, is a really popular chapter in the book, especially with the guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, Shari had a heart for this podcast to talk about some of the aspects of that chapter, um, but right now, we're just going to hear from our guests. So you guys, Josh and Shay, how did the two of you view sex when you were first married? Overall, what was your viewpoint about sex? Mm. And did you have some struggles early on, um, either based on, yeah, did you have any struggles? So those are the two questions. What was your view, your kind of overall, and you can just talk freely okay. um, about what your views were, maybe expectations about sex. And then uh, was it a struggle? Mm-hmm. Um, Don't laugh too much. I'm insecure. <laughs> like all guys Not do. that kind of expectations. But um, yes and yes and yes, all of the answers to that. We definitely had struggles. And I was thinking about what you mentioned about your basically your worldview of God and the church and how you bring that into marriage. And I think for me, my dad is a Southern Baptist pastor, and my parents may be embarrassed about me talking about this, but... <laughs> Um, he was always very aggressive with my mom in like a fun way. And mm-hmm. so to me, I never, it was never painted out to be wrong or bad. 
it was always painted out to be really fun and wonderful within marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't aggressive really, with his affection. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, aggressive with his affection, just chasing around the house mm-hmm. and you know, just being really playful and mm-hmm. she would push him away and that would only make him want to do that more. That's cute. It's yeah. really cute. And we would always say get a room and he would say I have this whole house <laughs> so then I thought oh gosh Thank not God, my yeah. room yeah please not my not room, my room. Oh, gosh. No. so I know I'm sorry but it's just so there was never all the things going through all the things. not the couch either I maybe know. not this stop let's stop talking about your dad's sex life I know so sorry mom and dad but I think it was healthy for me to see that and so I I didn't come into marriage with a view of sex in that way from my Christian upbringing but I would say that um, my own personal relationship with God and almost a mistrust that I had with him, I didn't realize would come mm. up in intimacy with Josh mm. until I was married. Mm. Um, because mm. in our dating relationship, it was almost impossible for us to keep our hands off of each other. Mm-hmm. But then after we got married, we were in a different, we were in a covenant with God. And I feel like all of a sudden, my reflection of mistrust of God was reflected on Josh. And so it showed up hmm. in our intimacy. Yeah. And so I think it wasn't necessarily my church worldview, but it was my God worldview that mm-hmm. impacted me hmm. and our struggles. So, wow. Thanks, yeah. for that. Thanks for being honest. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Josh, what about you? Yeah. I would say just to go back, I, you know, I'm not even sure I was thinking what is too young of a listener to something like this because right. I actually had an implement, implementation of in fifth grade it was a Josh McDowell sex video, and he just said, if you wait till you're married, your wife will do backflips on the bed. She'll be so excited that you waited. And I think that thought oh was gosh. like, kept me through high school. I can't of saying, do backflips. This is a gift. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. By the way, yeah. we have that, a But that this was a gift, <laughs> you know, that I wanted to give her. And it was, you know, randomly throughout my life, telling people I'm waiting till I'm married, I would get that like push of encouragement from people to say, God's going to reward you for this. And I had that thought, but I also had just this unhealthy fear of like STDs mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like, God's yeah. going to punish me. If I break God's law, he's going to absolutely give me AIDS and, you know, or, or something, you know, and I'm just with some horrible disease. And I was, was thinking he was going to get me and, and all of this stuff. And I think I didn't know I built up sex to be this pinnacle of married life, that this, the best thing about being married would be sex and that we would just get to have it you know, just tear each other's clothes off every night, you know, that it was just, I built it up to this unrealistic where even in premarital counseling, say, they said, that. what is your sexual expectation of your wife? And I said something like two times a day, yeah. wow. Oh, wow. you know, and I was just like, I was and thinking that, was that that's, real. He Hey, we waited till that. we were 28. I'm, so I'm down. I'm ready to make up for lost time. time. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then she, I remember Shay was like, let's back it down to once a day. Which was and like I way overstatement like, for you know, me. And then it was, that's still very ambitious. And so, but I had, but then it became now seven years of being married. Why did I want that? Was because I wanted her and I wanted intimacy with her? Or was I just wanting release of pressure? And uh, Was I wanting to deal with anxiety and stress in this way? And so I felt like that that first year when we first, like, man, getting ready to get naked, as I think about it, I was ready in my mind. But then once you're faced with intimacy with another person and that vulnerability, that I started noticing that there were barriers there that I didn't even know existed mm-hmm. of were we really having this open-hearted, was I really opening up emotionally and having great sex? It wasn't 
we weren't there. Mm -hmm. And then we got pregnant right away and all kinds of things happened. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's like the, how it started. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How long have you guys been married? Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. That's when we wrote this book. Yeah. That's (laughs) That's awesome. That's a question to ask before you marry. Yeah. So how is your perspective? uh, We'll ask one more question Mm -hmm. before our break. How has your perspective on sex changed uh, Mm -hmm. from the early days till now? And I know that's a big question. Yeah. So maybe just one, one simple thought before uh, Shari takes us into the break. I think for me, I always envisioned, I'm almost like a dude in the sense that, and Josh can attest to this, like I always thought of it as like a physical activity. And I think that was because of my intimacy issues that I didn't realize how much of my whole self has to mm-hmm. be present in that moment. More and of a so, view of like duty. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. all right, let's do this. This is what we're supposed to do. I'm a wife. This is what I do. You need this. Let's do it. And mm-hmm. then when I would when we would be finished being intimate, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let's watch TV. All right, I'm going to, I need a snack. Mm-hmm. Like I was totally cut off. And so I think for me, it's been a growing experience of true intimacy, not just a physical activity, which is normally what guys think. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, that was like a shift that I didn't know existed. Is that the trust that you were talking about mm-hmm. before? Cause I was going to ask you that. And yes, like, um, not trusting Josh all the way. And so maybe you're like, okay, let's have sex now. And then I shut myself back off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it's really funny. Um, my grandfather asked us when we were about, I don't know if we'd gotten married or whether we'd just written this book and maybe we told him. And so he had this question, (laughs) all the family sitting around and he looked at Clayton and he goes, so Clayton, (laughs) you're a pastor, you know, what do you think? Do you think sex is about enjoyment or about procreation. Yeah. <laughs> and so Clayton just gave, he's out, my grandfather's always was joking. And so Clayton just said, well, granddaddy, I think it's probably a little bit of both. And great, my granddaddy turned it into a joke. He said, oh no, don't tell me that because that means I've been missing out for years. And my oh, grandma, oh, the and she's sitting there. Yeah. His wife oh, was sitting there. Was, so I think that my grandma, you know, saw it as a duty too, like mm. having kids not supposed to enjoy this. This is for the man, you know? And so I think sometimes culture can go the complete opposite direction to where we have, you know, things like 50 shades of gray and like craziness going on. Um, but you know, but I know that God has definitely designed for us to enjoy it, Mm -hmm. but it should also be a holy moment between two people who are, um, bonding with one another. Yes. So, um, but this has been a great, start to our conversation. We're going to take a quick break um, so that all of our listeners can hear about our very first Crossroads Marriage Conference. Right. Um, yes, which Clayton and I have waited to do for probably about 10 years. Um, and then we're going to return to our conversation with you guys. Hey guys, we want to take just a second to invite you to the very first Crossroads Marriage Conference. So on November 1st and 2nd, grab your spouse or fiance and head up to Asheville, North Carolina for a weekend with Clayton and Shari and some of our other friends. This weekend will give you a glimpse into healthy habits you can develop in your relationship. You'll gain wisdom and receive tools to make time with your spouse even more valuable. We're ultimately going to see how God's word elevates marriage as a powerful witness of his love for us. And guys, it is going to be so good. And by the way, this is for all married couples, newlyweds and not so newlyweds. 
So get on our website at crossroadsmarriageconference.com to learn more about our speakers, places you can stay while you're at the conference. And by the way, Asheville is beautiful this time of year. And to register for only 150 bucks per couple. You seriously can't beat that, guys. So it's Crossroads Marriage Conference on November 1st and 2nd, 2019 in Asheville, North Carolina. We can't wait to see you there. And one last thing, as you may know, Overcoming Monday is a production of Clayton King Ministries, and we're gearing up right now to head into our biggest event of the year, Crossroads Summer Camp. So this is our 24th year of camp, and we are stoked to get to host over 5,000 students this summer in Anderson, South Carolina, for a camp experience we hope they'll never forget. Shari and Clayton will both be speaking all five weeks of camp, so we would love it if you guys joined us in prayer. Pray for the Holy Spirit to move and to change lives, and for our speakers and staff to be able to pour out all summer long. And the good news is that you can keep up with all things Crossroads on Instagram at CK underscore ministries, and you can watch all sessions, including Shari's, every Tuesday night starting on June 18th on Facebook Live. So like Clayton King Ministries on Facebook to get a notification every time we go live. Okay, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Overcoming Monday. Today, Shari and I are talking with Josh and Joss. <laughs> I did what I did last I did week. The exact same thing. Josh and Shay Gardner, two of our best friends. Uh, they're part of our ministry here at Crossroads about God's desire for us to mm. enjoy physical intimacy in marriage. And look, just want to go on record. Shari and I and Josh and Shay believe that marriage is a covenant between one man and one woman for life and yes. that the only sexual expression or sexual intimacy uh, and the best sexual expression and sexual intimacy takes place between mm-hmm. that man and that woman in the confines, in the beautiful, wonderful confines of a godly marriage. So uh, Shari and I did write a book and some of what we're talking about today came out of that book, 12 Questions to Ask. And here's just a real quick rundown uh, about some of the major ideas in that chapter of the book. Here's one. Sexual experience doesn't make you an expert. That's really important. Just because Mm. you've had experience doesn't make you an expert. Uh, Number two, just because you're married doesn't mean you can have sex anytime you want. What? That's (laughs) exactly. And every man needs to hear that. Shocking. Yeah, shocking information, right? (laughs) You're going to spend less than 1% of your married life having sex. (laughs) Uh, Number three, honeymoon sex is awesome, but sex within a marriage isn't always honeymoon sex. I would, Amen. All, I, would, <laughs> I would say it's never, ever honeymoon oh, no. sex again. Not never, ever. Well, no, no, no. Like uh, anniversaries you, and vacations true. and getaways. And, that when kid, like, and when the kitchen is clean and all the clothes are folded is, and the kids yeah, are away yes. and the doors are locked. Um, uh, honestly, sex gets better at, at the longer you're married. Uh, and then finally, number That's four, true. sex doesn't begin when you take your clothes off uh, and, when you, and doesn't end when you put them on. Uh, the level of intimacy you create in conversations, and I would even add the kitchen, the bathroom, around the house, that will be equivalent to the level of intimacy you experience when you do make love. Mm. And so those are some of the ideas in the book, 12 Questions to Ask. If you're curious about that book, you can get it on Amazon. Just type in 12 Questions to Ask by Clayton and Shari King. So Josh, which of these do you relate with most in your marriage and why? When I just kind of went down that that list. Man, you nailed me. You're four for four. <laughs> okay, so you relate I would to say, all of them? <laughs> yeah, I relate to all of that and especially Especially, um, I've noticed being married seven years is you just have to, if I'm not gentle with her, if I'm not caring for her, if I'm not serving her, and then I'm like, hey, it's, it's time, it's time you know, like down. it's, it's been like, about, and? <laughs> and I think I found it really helpful to communicate what I would like yeah. and say, I would really like for us to have time this week. When is a good time? I've learned how to ask. Mm-hmm. And that's really important rather than just, 
hey, it's been three days. I'm expecting her to make a move on me. That's just, that's unhelpful. I, yeah. I'll crush her with my expectations. Mm. And so, hmm. and I've noticed that, that I have done that. I've made that mistake of like, and I think here's one thing I've learned is that if you don't get as much as you think, it's mm -hmm. less than 1%. I was hoping for more than 1%. I'm just ambitious. I was hoping yeah. for that to be triple, whatever normal is. But I think I've gone more now to like, why am I wanting that? And um, am I wanting us to be deeply connected emotionally? Right. And I'm noticing that I really feel loved physically. I just do. I'm, I am a high desire partner that wants her to want me. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm, but then I also wanted that without doing what I need to do, which yeah. was give her mind divided attention, ask her things about her day. And then she knows, you know, I'm not always doing it for this certain result, but I, she always I see him folding laundry and I'm yes, like, mm. she's always <laughs> responding to me serving and helping. And I've noticed yeah. that like, yeah. this is me building gratefulness mm. in yeah. my marriage, which is, I would say to every married couple, build gratefulness and serve your wife. And then the other thing I did that was a huge mistake that I would encourage everyone not to do is I would get kind of pouty if we made a deal and it broke. Oh, I'd be oh, like, man. oh, no one wants to have sex with a pouty spouse. Right. And so I was hurting myself by just being like, oh, man, you said you would. You know, and like, and it was me, but I needed to be stronger emotionally yeah. and say, you know what? You've had a long day. You Wonder Woman, you're doing all these things. I can wait. I'm okay. This is, you know, and I was just so selfish. Mm-hmm so early on yeah. and it, it it hurt our intimacy more than it even well, hurt I didn't our feel sex safe. life yeah i'm not she's not feeling safe like when he would respond that way yeah yeah explain that i think it just i don't i can't put words to it exactly i just know that when he would respond that it's way yeah i wouldn't feel cared for in the moment i would feel mm -hmm. like he was being selfish like mm -hmm. his needs are more important than mine in this moment mm -hmm. and so it would actually make me withdraw even more mm -hmm. it was never a manipulative tactic that worked it was mm -hmm. always, it would backfire. Yeah. And I Clay, think we didn't, sorry. Go ahead. I know that. Um, so we've had some conversations about that too. Yeah. And I know that Clayton, um, I would ask him, you know, well, why don't you tell me or why don't you ask? And he's like, cause I don't want to be rejected, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And so rejection doesn't end when you're asking yeah. someone out and when you're dating, it can, it can continue mm. within marriage. And so I think that knowing that, I think as a man, knowing that the reason that you're not starting that conversation of when can we have sex can be that scary part of like her maybe saying, well, I don't know. I don't have any time this week. And then you feel that rejection, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but not having the conversation ends up building up expectations mm -hmm. that if they don't happen, you get frustrated right. and you're pouting and you're moody. And so I think the conversation is better and oh, the planning yeah. is better. And what I know is that we've had those moments that you guys talked about where maybe it didn't seem like it was going to work out. And I'm sure Clayton, you know, he would get frustrated. And But if he didn't get frustrated and he just said, you know what, I understand, a lot of times I'll move his way and say, Okay, well, mm -hmm. maybe we can do it. And then Once it the works pressure out. Is off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Once um, the because pressure that is off. pressure of the yes or no sometimes and the busyness mm -hmm. of life mm -hmm. can take so much of the, it's so that's why I know that sex is so emotional. Oh, mm -hmm. yes. Because but, all of these things you're feeling when you're yeah. trying to do it. That's, mm -hmm. that's the best. That You know what? That's probably the best thing we could say in this podcast, Shari. Um, it is so emotional mm -hmm. and it involves so much trust and vulnerability. And, you know, you guys have been married seven years. We've been married 20 years. We're literally a month away from our 20th anniversary. 
And awesome. without, amazing, yeah. yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah. And without diving too deep into the details, you know, I feel like we've hit a real place of honesty uh, going on two decades in our in our marriage when it comes to physical intimacy. Mm. And when you mentioned getting pouty, that literally just happened. A conversation between Shari and I, where she basically said, um, I, I noticed, and, and I think it was kind of in a playful way. She's like, yeah, you're, you're walking around pouting. I know it's time. <laughs> and, but you know what? That was good. It was good for me to realize. Cause I didn't know I was doing that. Mm-hmm. And when, and when you pointed that out to me, Shari, it helped me realize I, without even knowing it, hmm. I'm making her feel bad mm-hmm. for not giving me what I need and what I want. What that led to was a much more healthy conversation that we had, mm-hmm. and it led to more intimacy because those conversations build trust. Mm-hmm. Trust builds intimacy, and that's sex is really about intimacy and trust. Mm-hmm. That's really true. So, yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Shay, are there any of these that were listed um, that Clayton just listed that you relate with, or you can bring up anything? It's not like you have yeah. to stick to this list. But. Um, I would say the last thing, sex doesn't begin when you take your clothes off and end when you put them on. The level of intimacy you create in conversation will be equivalent to the level of intimacy you experience when you make love. I told Josh, I was like, I kind of feel a little inadequate in doing this podcast because there's so many of these things that I think I'm still learning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as we grow in relationship with each other and kind of figure each other out. But I think for me, it, it is the intimacy part. I think as I have found healing in other areas of my life, I'm able to voice those things to him. And like you said, it draws us closer, those deep conversations. Um, but I also know that I'm still in the process of healing. Yeah. And so that's why you're so brave. Well, sometimes, but I think, <laughs> I think it's just, um, learning how I also, and I talked to Josh about maybe mentioning this, maybe not, but also having abuse in my past has played into how I feel emotionally, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to sexual things. Mm -hmm. So I mentally have to overcome a lot in moments sometimes in order to completely receive and relax in intimacy with Josh. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like sometimes it's a mind game that I don't want to play. Mm -hmm. And I'm always having to trust Jesus to like refresh that and to give me strength to push through it. Mm Because sometimes emotionally I shut down Mm -hmm. because it's tough. It's hard. And so I think Josh has now knows these things about me and he's able Mm. to spend moments before intimacy really caring for me, looking me in the face and having conversations, asking Mm -hmm. me hard questions. And that kind of draws me out because it doesn't mimic what's happened to me in my past. Mm -hmm. It's real care and love and concern. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to separate those things in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think for those who have a spouse that's gone through something like that, a real lesson I've taken away is... You know, a lot of times, you know, we're busy as Americans. We've got so much going on. So when she says, hey, there's a window of time on, you know, Friday at 10, between 10 and 10.30 before I fall asleep, you know, and I'm just like, okay. That's you know, so I'm thinking I'll just clean the house till 9.59 and then, you know, it's like, you know, but really learning that I need to prepare her, you know, and to like, it's not like, hey, there's this window of time that we don't need to have deep emotional, mm-hmm. hey, what's the romantic, you know, the, the romantic talking and warming up was something I started to feel like we had to skip to make time for this. Mm. But yeah. you just cannot you skip. You can't skip it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't skip that. And so and the truth is you don't want to because if you if you choose to invest emotionally and verbally, it that time is better. The intimacy well, is so much richer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a duty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you skip it, it does feel more like a duty. Right. Mm-hmm. If you make it something about y'all being together emotionally connecting, 
then it's not a duty and you both get something out of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, here's the reality and I'm just going to say it. Sex doesn't always work for both people all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I mean, there are complications that our body has. And so if you're not connected beforehand and that happens, it can be very detrimental emotionally or mentally to think, well, what about next time? It can be frustrating. Mm -hmm. And then that can turn into a duty too. Mm -hmm. So I think that all of this has so much to do with like being connected emotionally, being relaxed, Mm -hmm. not feeling pressure, not feeling guilty, not feeling um, guilted into something, but then also choosing to offer Mm -hmm. yourself you do have to make that choice sometimes to say, okay, we're going to do the, the, both the man and the woman do that. And I think that, Shay, you've been abused. I have too. But there are also people who may have spouses who cheated on them yes. or had um, emotional st- stuff affairs, in the past. Yes, emotional affairs. Pa- or even just a lot of extreme dating before they met, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so there mm-hmm. can be some battles that people have to overcome within mm-hmm. sex. And I think that what you just said, Josh, like knowing that you can't just rush that emotional connection in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not saying you can't have, I'm going <laughs> to just say it, a quickie every now and then if y'all are in that same place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that Amen. can happen for sure. And we don't, ha- we don't have to make this all dramatic every time. Yeah. Yeah. But if, you know, you just, you just know. You just well, know. I think something you mentioned actually in the intro talked about um, satisfying yourself, which can sound interesting, mm-hmm. but I think really it's understanding yourself mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, you're coming into a relationship where you feel like you're trying to understand someone else. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was really, these moments are a linchpin of like who I am and who I'm bringing into this relationship and understanding my own needs, my own hurt, my own struggles, my own insecurities, and kind of working through those and taking care of myself right. so that when we have a moment of intimacy, I can offer more of my whole self. Mm. Yeah. And so I'm also in year seven learning what that looks like. And yeah. I think I'm always through our relationship, more is being exposed to me of what's in my heart, mm-hmm. what's broken, what needs healing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, especially for listeners, it's so important for you guys to really understand your relationship with God and Jesus and how, um, and trust and security and safety and finding those things yeah. in him in order to be able to transfer that onto a person. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that makes you a better lover. Right. Yeah. But I think right. I, and so many of us always are trying to fill that void with someone else mm-hmm. that that's not the fix or that, something else. Something yeah. else. It could be yeah. anything. And so intimacy, I feel like a lot of people want to get, I would say this all the time. I can't, I hope the rapture doesn't happen before I get married <laughs> yes. because then I will have sex. <laughs> but that's like 1% of a relationship yeah. and there's so much more. And I think that marriage is teaching me the so much more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's one thing that, um, okay, another question I want to ask you, Shay, because I know that when we got married, um, we were actually talking downstairs about what do you do in the bedroom? What's okay? What's not okay? Like, mm. Josh, I think you even said dressing up for your husband. Is that right or wrong? You know, um, things like that, which, I mean, I know that when you get married, it can be really confusing to know, especially as a Christian woman, like, am I allowed to be sensual? Am I allowed to be mm. seductive? Am I allowed to like turn my husband on? Is that a good thing? Sometimes it can feel weird. And so in our book, I wrote, 
when you get married, you need to give your husband permission to enjoy you. Mm-hmm. When he compliments you, receive it. If he admires you, say thank you and learn to soak it in. And then I wrote, be visually generous. Not only will he love touching your body, he will love looking at your body. So enjoy the attention he gives you and remember that it's his way of expressing his love for you. We have to be okay with being the standard for our men. So especially after I had kids, I was like out of the shower, where's my robe? Where's my towel? I mean, there are things that we can feel ashamed of about our bodies, Mm -hmm. but if we don't let our husbands enjoy them and we are ashamed of them, we don't just like learn to just... Say thank you. Be crazy. Yeah, yeah that's you know, hard. Be okay with being naked. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what the title of this is. Like, are you still getting naked with your spouse? And I know that that has a measure of discomfort for a lot of different people. But when he, when he's looking at you, like, mm. allow him to look. Yeah. Because he's looking at you. And yeah. so that's so it makes hard. me squirm. You've yes, been talking about I know. it. So it's a hard topic. It's hard to talk yeah. about. Yeah. 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 So is this, has this been hard for you? And what advice, I think, would you give? Yes, it's been hard for me. women and men. I think, <laughs> I think in general, it's funny because I don't, I don't, fi- like I don't think of myself as being a super insecure person. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just don't normally, but I well, do feel not. like in intimacy, it is hard not to be insecure sometimes, mm-hmm. especially physically, just because it's so exposing mm-hmm. yeah. to like be completely out there mm-hmm. and naked and yeah. you guys have been married seven t- seven years yeah and so it shouldn't be but it it is and i think that um for me it's it's easy with josh because josh is really affirming in the sense that and i, I was telling him this the other day i'm like i come home from the gym and he's like ready to get it on <laughs> i just have a baby mm-hmm. he doesn't care like yeah. he's very much like i love you i love all of you i don't care it doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. so thankfully, and I think the Lord knew I needed someone like that to help me push past my insecurity. Babe, I just have two eyes at work. <laughs> yeah, oh, <come> on. <laughs> oh. I know. Yeah. So um, I think that that's been really helpful for me. But I do think that, you know, there is a part of being exposed that's really hard and yeah. trusting that what he, for me, it's trusting that what he says he means. Yes. Yes. And receiving it as not manipulation. Yes. Yeah. And I made big mistakes of groping, not touching. Yeah. I, I messed up. And where where she was like, can you just finally after years, <laughs> could you just like touch my arm? Yeah. You know, and I'm Instead like, of grabbing I'm sorry. My butt. I, I'm like, I'm just, and I would joke around and say, hey. I'm yours and you're mine. I, I would kind of, and it, that's not safe Oof. language. Exactly. That's, you know, that's not yeah, safe language. Right. I was, I was saying it sort of in jest and kind of like, hey, we're we're each other's. But I just, met, I made a mistake there. It was, and it was yeah. not building that trust that she really wanted from me. That I'm mm-hmm. safe. That I'm, that I I love her, and I don't just love the act. Yeah. So, what that, language you know. would you advise like guys to use with their? I mean, I'm not saying like tell me exactly what you tell Shay, but. Um, more of the approach, yeah, right? The more approach. Of the approach yeah. and some well, you know, of part of the approach I've learned from your husband, you need to go home and be with your wife and listen and and be within proximity and touch her and say, How's it going? How's your day? Be all there with the kids and start helping. <laughs> that's you know, that's yeah. I think that is number one because we're all going to work and coming home. And I think that approach, but I think learning now that there's time and a place for those playful touches, but for the most part women just do not want to be groped, you know, like right. even if it's your wife, like wow. for me to treat, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I just think I'm thinking that it's playful and I'm always sort of hoping she'll do that to me, you know, <laughs> but I'm, mm-hmm. 
but it's just unfair. It's an unfair, she's not wired like I am, you know, and for me to just honestly say the best thing I can do is treat our bedroom as holy ground. And that's the place for that. And that the other space is space. I'm cultivating her to want to be in there with me. And I echo that. I Mm. think that this is so important to say out loud and clearly when it comes to uh, the way men and women are wired differently, Mm. specifically in the area of sexuality, mutual submission Mm. and understanding based on intimate conversations of what is okay and what makes your spouse feel valued and loved and what makes them feel uncomfortable. We've had to have that conversation. And I think that it's so important, specifically for us as guys, Josh, it's so important that we understand our wives and how they're wired and the clues and the cues and that we don't say things that in our minds sound kind of playfully sexy, but to the to the woman sounds gross, disgusting, and devaluing and dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. And so you, you've hit on something very, very important. And I've said this before, the job of every husband should be, I want to be the world's leading expert on my wife. Mm-hmm. Yes. But in that same vein of thought, I just want to say, if you're a female and you don't know what you like, you need to pay attention to what you like yeah. during mm-hmm. sex so that you can communicate that to your husband yeah. because he won't know unless you say, and then, or unless you guys adjust things and you have these uncomfortable, it may feel like to you uncomfortable conversations, but they need to be had in order mm-hmm. for both of you to know what is working, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what is not working. What should we do? Do we need to go see someone about our hormone therapy or do we need to go to a doctor or is there something that could be medically wrong Mm -hmm. um so some things we just don't know Mm. and so that conversation that really raw and conversation with your spouse is important to continue Mm -hmm. so i would say that on the technical side i mean a lot of guys are getting married and they don't know the anatomy yeah and you you know that part, that's like part of a, a step one of exactly what you're saying is mm-hmm. you should be able to bring your wife to a point of pleasure and that the Bible talks about how to do it in Song of Solomon, mm-hmm. you know, and just very clearly talking about all that. But I, I would just, if I could give advice to people, I would say I have noticed that when I own my masculine role of just saying, this is what I want, and I've built that generosity and that gratefulness that Shay almost always responds to me saying, man, this is what I really want, and just kind of going for it. And mm-hmm. she responds to that safety, that like, you know, that in- initiating and building that space, and that that's usually our best go-to moments yeah. of mm-hmm. experiencing. And it makes her want to really open up and to say, man, I, and, and then we're having the deeper, yeah. the thing we were after, which was the, the intimacy, connection. the vulnerability, the marriage glue as you could Mm -hmm. say you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. well you guys have been amazing this I know this podcast is going to be something that our listeners maybe listen to more than once (laughs) I hope so I think that this conversation is hard to have for a lot of people Hey, but this is a good one to pick up on in the future. You know, there's so much Mm -hmm. more to talk about in a respectful, Mm -hmm. kind uh, way as Christians. Mm -hmm. This is an issue issue that married people face every day. Mm -hmm. And we just wanted to have an open, honest conversation about it uh, to kind of remove some of that stigma and some of that taboo. Right. So... If you have any more questions or want some more marriage advice from our team at CKM, don't forget, 
you can register for our marriage conference in Asheville, North Carolina at crossroadsmarriageconference.com. And Josh and Shay, y'all are the best. Um, <laughs> I love having, having com- yeah. You're so welcome. I love having conversations with y'all. And I know our little... Um, our listeners have received little secrets for their big breakthrough. If you have benefited from this podcast, please share us on um, your social media and with your mm. friends um, and leave a review on iTunes and Spotify because we really, really appreciate those reviews. Thanks a bunch for your support. And Clayton King Ministries hopes we've given you something to overcome your Monday. We're thankful that you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you, and there are three ways that you can help us reach even more people. One, be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ShariKing99. The second way is that you can also make a tax-deductible donation to Clayton King Ministries, a 501c3 nonprofit at claytonking.com give. And third, of course, subscribe to our podcast. Get on your favorite podcast platform and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out Shari's amazing blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.